Did Ole Miss football Twitter just name Jackson Dart the starting quarterback, or did it jump the gun just a little bit? We'll explain and talk about what's going on. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss. Your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On on this podcast your first listen every day. We're free and, in fact, available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and welcome and thank you for joining the Locked On Ole Miss podcast today. And it's an interesting day. You know, usually when we do Friday shows, it's about a take or something that I can just let breathe over the weekend. That's going to be my hottest take of the week on Fridays, especially during the offseason. But news came out yesterday that Jackson Dart is focused on, here, we'll just put it up, is focused on September 2nd, which is the Mercer game. And why would he be the quarterback that is focused on that other than the fact that he is the guy and everybody's talking about that? And Lane Kiffin's even making jokes about it on Twitter Friday morning saying, hey, no, focus just on today, one day at a time. And all of the coach speak stuff that happens. But I, everything we have heard over the last three weeks is Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart, Jackson Dart. And this isn't a necessarily a bad thing. It's something that Ole Miss fans are probably excited for. I've called about this quarterback competition to be essentially over by August 26th for eight months at this point. And it looks like that's going to happen. Now, this is as close to an announcement as I think we're going to get. It would actually surprise me a little if Lane Kiffin in his next press outing named Jackson's the starting quarterback. I don't think with Mercer coming up as the first game that necessarily matters because you're not playing – like cloak and dagger type stuff. But I do think they want to play some semblance of games or, or try to maximize it however they can maximize it. But Jackson Dart getting this tweet, everybody knows that he is kind of the starting quarterbacks right now. If you over the if you look over the last week, there's podcasts going on there. We'll talk about it. And David Eckert from the Clarion Ledger on Ben Garrett's podcast talked about how Jackson Dart's easily a top five quarterback in the SEC. And then Ole Miss football's Twitter account has featured Jackson Dart prominently from the beginning. In fact, if you look at it, if you want to look at the two quarterbacks that Ole Miss Twitter has featured, it is Jackson Dart and Austin Simmons. Those, those are the two that have been pretty much on the Twitter account the most. Spencer Sanders has been on there some. I haven't seen too many Walker Howard, but – Keep in mind with Walker Howard, he's practicing on the other field. Um, so I'm assuming the ph photographer's up there with Spencer and Jackson and those guys as well. But it's just one after the other coming over covering Jackson Dart. Everything is about Jackson Dart at this point. And honestly, if you look at Jackson Dart, all right, he's done that Matt Corral body transformation thing that Matt Corral did between 2020 and 2021. I'm sure that just the appearance is causing people to look at what Jackson Dart can do in his second year because of what Matt Corral did in his second year. But it's still a situation to where we need to see it. I'm not saying Jackson Dart's in show-me mode. He's, he's not there at all. I've been calling 
and saying I was thinking it was going to be Jackson Dart from a couple months now. And I, I want to see comfortability. We had Bill Flowers on the show Wednesday evening. And he talked about what he wanted to see, and that is quick decisions and passes over the middle. That means picking up the linebacker quickly and knowing where to put the ball and put it in play. It's weird, you know, talking to Bill Flowers. He is absolutely one of my favorite Ole Miss analysts out there. It's not even close because he absolutely speaks his mind. And he's somebody that has been there. And he caught passes from the greatest of all time at Ole Miss. And all of this was going with Bill Flowers and he speaks his mind, but he is also such a pro tight end player. It is crazy to see somebody that was a skill position player, a wide receiver. You think of those wide receivers as just divas and selfish type players, but him and Mike Espy and that group that was so good with Eli Manning was not. And if you look at it, Bill Flowers is increasingly about the tight end position. And he wants to see Jackson Dart make quick decisions over the middle, throwing the ball to the tight end. And he said that the number one job for Lane Kiffin, obviously, besides winning the game, I'm not talking about not winning the game, any game, is to get him ready for Alabama. In his mind, that's the first test that he's going to have to put up with. That's the Alabama test. And you know, you open up with Mercer, then you go to Tulane where it's going to be 978,000 degrees. And remember, everybody, if you're tailgating and going to that game, if it has alcohol in it, you're not hydrating. Drink water. Um, and then Georgia Tech is the first true night game in week three. Then there's the Alabama game. Then there's the LSU game. By the time October 1st rolls around, we will know exactly what we have with this football team, one way or another. We'll know if they're going to meet expectations. We'll know if they're going to exceed expectations. And we'll know if they're not going to meet them at all. We will have that information in our possession October 1st. And I'm a situation, if you look at my predictions, when I did W's and L's way back when, after September, I had Ole Miss at 4-1. and one. Had them at four and one. And, and if Ole Miss is at four and one at the end of September, that is an excellent month of September for Ole Miss football. And we're going to get into the next segment and we're going to do overs and unders for the Ole Miss football season. Talk about another surprise fan duel statistic as well. Um, so stick around for that. But right now, I do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is the perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay's guaranteed fit, you can be sure that every part you need fits right the first time around. Just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know that the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop at eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when you know the right parts are guaranteed. So get the right parts at the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. eBay's guaranteed fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, Ole Miss, every single day. Now, FanDuel is the official sports book of the Locked On Network. And starting Monday... We're going to start every third segment or every second segment, might be third segment, is going to be doing odds. And we're going to be talking about games that are coming up. And, you know, we we start on week zero, even though there's no Ole Miss game, to kind of get back in the swing of it because gambling ease is a kind of a different language. And if you're not careful, you can sound pretty foolish doing it. So we, we want a couple of practice days. So we're going to do week zero as well. But we also wanted to talk a little bit today about the over-unders that have not moved for a good bit of time. And basically in this situation, I'm like, who wants free money? Because the over-under is set at seven and a half games for the Ole Miss Rebels on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, if you think about that, it makes sense whenever, if you made this back in June, which they did, and not enough action has been coming in on this bet because it's not moving one way or the other. It's kind of staying where it needs to stay. But knowing what we know after fall camp and knowing what this team could be, if Ole Miss hits the under, this season was a disaster. A disaster. And I will be on this podcast getting all emotional, getting all up in my feelings, all of that stuff you can expect if Ole Miss hits the under. But it's more likely than not that Ole Miss is going to hit the over. Whenever you look at Ole Miss's schedule and what they have come up, granted, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia is going to be difficult. That is setting it up. So if you're you're wondering in the next nine games, can Ole Miss go – Eight and one in those games. That that's what gamblers are looking at. Now they don't think that Ole Miss can beat Alabama, LSU, or Georgia. And I think Ole Miss is going to get one of them. And eight and four is acceptable. It's borderline, but it's acceptable. Nine and three is kind of that sweet spot, and anything above that is gravy. Um, but seven and five, that this is a weird, weird situation to put the line at that point. I mean, where are the losses coming from? Ole Miss is over 60% FPI favorites in every single game this season, but three. And there's not toss-ups in that situation. I view toss-ups as anywhere from 40% to 59% or 41% to 59. If if the game is the probability is in that range, it's considered a toss-up. If one of the teams is favored by more than 60%, it's not a toss-up. 
That's a favorite. And Ole Miss is the favorite in nine of 12 games. Solid favorite. Over 60% favorite in nine of 12, according to the ESPN FBI. The three that they're not, they're also over 40%, under 40% underdogs, whatever. Um, they, the other team is what I'm saying. They're over 60%, whether it's Alabama, Georgia, or LSU. The closest is LSU and Oxford, and LSU is like 60.1. So that is the free money that I am offering today, right? So, I mean, this is a good situation. And whenever you think about what's going on with Ole Miss football, this makes a ton, absolutely a ton of sense for Ole Miss fans at the moment. So this feels just like an easy over at this point. Now, Anything can happen in a football season. That's obvious. But if you look at where we're projecting it and we're looking at analytics and what this team could be, it should be fairly easy over that 7.5 range. Now, the other thing is on this FanDuel thing is you look through the props, they did the odds for the Doak Walker Award, which is the best running back in college football. Quinshawn Judkins is a sizable favorite to win that award at the beginning of the season. Raheem Sanders, another SEC back, is plus 700, while Quinshawn is plus 500. Nicholas Singleton, the um, young running back from Penn State, is up at plus 900. Braylon Allen at plus 900. I think he is he Wisconsin, maybe. Um, Blake Corm from Michigan, plus 1,200. And Trey Benson from Florida State, plus 1,200. It's just an interesting thing to go through the FanDuel Sportsbook online, see these props, see when Ole Miss players pop up, and we're going to keep an eye on stuff like this all during the season, all the props, all the over-unders, all of that stuff. You can get, actually, like if you make a bet for the Saints to win the Super Bowl, you get bonus bets every time they win a regular season game. And you can use that regular season game to do the props and everything, stuff like this. Is, it'd be a good place for it. Um, but Ole Miss has a chance to be extremely interesting moving forward. Like I said, we're going to do odds. We're going to do um, all of that stuff with our FanDuel Sportsbook stuff um, starting Monday. We'll have our week zero um, lines on Monday. We have to build that. I've got basically graphics that have been built by Locked On HQ to get ready for me to do this because I, if you look at stuff on TV and people that do podcasts and stuff like that, if it's not ESPN or it's not Fox sports, if it's, if it's not a major undertaking that has several different layers of producers underlining it, if somebody is just self-producing their own podcast, nobody is doing what I'm doing. Nobody can do what I want to do. Nobody has the time to do what I want to do. And we essentially have made this a TV show worth watching with facts and different things to look at and, and text moving around the world. And we've, we've created a really cool thing that is basically our own niche because I do not have to worry about somebody else coming in and doing something like this. I'm not competing with anybody. Nobody does what I do. And that's not bragging at all. That is just, the time, the effort, the way my brain works, it all comes across a little bit differently. And part of that is going to be the odd segment that we um 
we break out on Monday for week zero and when the season shows up. By the way, the Ole Miss line, whenever an FCS opponent is playing an FBS opponent, I just rate it as a no-line game. Um, it just It's just easier that way, honestly. It's a game that we talk about for about five seconds and move on, and we get ready to the game that have a little, games that have a little meat on the bones. Now, the first game, before we move on, okay, and we get to our viewer mail segment in just a second, and we have some pretty interesting questions there. I do want to talk about Vanderbilt Stadium. And you see a lot of people clowning on Vanderbilt for taking out the end zones um, and doing their construction during the season. And what that means, if if they did that, that means that next season would be affected. There was going to be a season affected by this construction one way or another. And this is the season without Tennessee coming to Nashville. This is the season, honestly, without Ole Miss coming to Nashville. Your bigger games, the bigger draws that come into that stadium are not coming this year. So this is the year to do exactly what Vanderbilt is doing. Get ready for next year when everything is there. You have a brand new renovated stadium for people to come in and see and to do, and all of a sudden, with Texas and Oklahoma and whoever that's going to be coming through your building, you'll be completely ready to go at that point. I'm sick of the hot takes about Vanderbilt doing construction during their season. They act like Vanderbilt is the first school to ever do that. Go back and look at, I think, 2002 um, at Ole Miss for an example of a team doing construction during the season. Basically, right behind the goalpost, there were construction fences. So simmer down, let Vanderbilt do their thing. It's going to be a lot better than it was. That was the worst stadium in in the SEC, bar none. And now it has a chance to be a little bit better. And I commend Vanderbilt for doing it. So I got on a soapbox a little bit about that, okay? I did. And it just drives drives me crazy because people like to talk about anything other than perfect, perfect, we need to rail on it. We have to have an opinion on it. We have to talk about it. And and that's just not the case. Some things you don't have to have an opinion on. All right, when we come back, we are going to do viewer mail. We got about three questions ranging from what have we learned from the scrimmages to how do we handle short yardage and all of that coming up. So stick around. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every single day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis, and this is the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. And in viewer mail today, a little bit of a eclectic view. Now, it's all football, but it, it's kind of interesting, and it's very short yardage and tight end base. So we start off with what can Ole Miss do to improve converting on short yardage situations? And it, it was a real struggle last year. It was a real struggle last year. Even with a running back like Quinshawn Judkins, it was a struggle. And the answer to that is when the defense knows what you're going to do, it doesn't matter who you're playing. It's going to be difficult to do it. You have to be able to affect the linebackers. If they know it's up, it's over. All these people can play and they know how to diagnose and do whatever they have to do with the football. It's why the jet sweep is important. It's why... 
um, the Lane Kiffin triple option. I like to call it that. And it's the, um, you start off with the jet sweep. You can go to the end of the inside zone. And then from there, the quarterback keeper, those three options on the table, that, that is something that's not used. The snapping problem last year was a huge, huge situation. And I, um, I, just a second, I need to, um, change this over. There we go. Y'all, y'all obviously got an idea of what the next question is going to be, but that's a huge situation with the Ole Miss offense. And if it's not working, you get what happens at the end of last season. You get Mississippi state having 15 tackles for loss. Wasn't a situation where. Mississippi State was 15 tackles for losses against Ole Miss. It's just that Mississippi State knew what Ole Miss was going to do. And because they were playing in a monsoon, you could really know what they were going to do. So the advent of the tight ends, the use of Quinshawn Judkins in the pass game, all of that is going to make the linebackers doubt what they see. This is an offense based off of um, misdirection. If there's no misdirection and they, and they know what you're doing, it's simple enough that the defense can diagnose and cause a lot of havoc. It's going to be important that the jet sweep is a thing. It's going to be important that the tight end is a weapon. It's going to be important that Jordan Watkins or Dayton Wade or Zachary Franklin, they're dudes in the slot. If all of those are working, all of a sudden the inside zone is going to be a little bit better. All of a sudden everything is going to be a little bit better. And when everything gets compressed like short yardage, that will be better too. So the answer, the short answer to your question is they need better play at the tight end position. They need to utilize the slot and they need to snap the ball better. If Ole Miss does those three things, you will see short yardage get a little bit better as well. Now the question that you had up a little bit, hypothetical, what does the offense look like if Trigg pulls it together and it finally reaches his potential? All right. And the answer to that is just Brock Bowers. And people all the time say, hey, Steve, why, why haven't you given up on Trig? It's taken too long. So many things have happening, yada, yada, yada. And the reason is he is immensely talented. And I have been on this horse for a long time. I have been team 12 personnel with Michael Trigg. Should he get his head around it and should he get to his full potential? and let him play in the slot position with Caden Priestcorn playing as the inline tight end or the H-back tight end. You have Michael Trigg out there as a basically a walking mismatch on safeties, corners, or linebackers. It doesn't matter who you put out there. There's going to be a mismatch. You can use um, Michael Trigg in the jet sweep game. As ridiculous as that sounds, he's going to attack the middle of the field. He's going to make the linebackers absolutely sweat. And – I think that is the situation. It looks good. I think Caden Priestcorn is going to be the, I'm not going to say every down tight end, but he's going to be a huge part of this offense. And with the emergence of Hudson Wolf, I don't know if he is going to make it. He's been a health risk ever since he signed, you know, God bless him. And now you will see, if he can make it through the season and play to his potential, he's like a 6'7", 240-pound athlete. Tremendous athlete at tight end. And, and what you're noticing is a ton of depth, even that position, you can, and wide receiver, running back, at quarterback. Every position is a ton of depth. 
especially the skill positions. And then you look at the defensive side of the ball, and they've completely re revamped what they're going on. But Michael Trigg reaching his position, position potential likely means more 12 personnel settings and likely means that the offense can get a little bit more creative with the way they pass pro, with the way they draw up concepts. You could have situations where um, Michael Trigg and Quinshawn Judkins are running free down the seam at the beginning before they stem on the same side of the field to put the safety and the linebacker in a lot of lot of conflict. I, the, this this offense has the chance to go from great to elite with a full potential Michael Trigg. And that's the reason that I'm like, hey, let's give him time to get where he needs to be and see what happens there. All right. Joe Random says, what have we learned from these scrimmages? Well, Joe, the first thing is there's only been one scrimmage. And what we've learned from the scrimmage is likely that the defense is ahead of schedule. We talked about that on the Five Takeaways podcast earlier this weekend. You have Pete Golding and a whole bunch of new players and a whole bunch of unknowns and a whole bunch of questions. But this is the best part. Those players that are playing have played a whole bunch of football. So you have some very mature players coming in with the right attitude, taking over that defense, and they're probably learning it at a quicker level than say if this was a bunch of freshmen or even um, everybody else. You also have Suntarian Perkins. You also have um, Jamarius Brown, who I think sneakily could end up getting on the field this year. You have transfers and A.J. Brown in the secondary. There's three levels of players on defense that true freshmen have a chance to play, but um, transfers are going to be the storylines. So the main thing that we have learned from scrimmages is that the defense is ahead of schedule. The other thing we've learned from scrimmages is they handled Jackson Dart like the NFL teams in the first preseason game handle starting quarterbacks to where Jackson Dart gets in there, gets out of there, and you know washes his hand over of it and it's over. So – that situation is what we've learned from the early scrimmage. Now, there's a closed scrimmage this weekend. If it's open, we have um, somebody that is going to come on the podcast and tell us what happened because they saw it with their own eyes. So there will be access on this channel to the scrimmage. We'll react to it. We'll do all of that stuff with it. But there's a good chance that practice is going to be pretty closed down between now and the um, beginning of the season. We'll see. The big storylines that – are yet to come out that we are waiting to see is official confirmation that Jackson Dart is indeed the dude. We all think he's the dude. Everybody's talking about him like he's the dude. Um, some official confirmation would be nice. Give Jackson Dart that little bit of victory lap to where he can enjoy the buildup to the first game. Um, if it goes beyond next week, you'll hear me start to talk about it a little bit because – even though Luke Altmeyer and Jackson Dart was 10 times the competition that this one is, um, I do think that it going into the season the way it did actually stunted Jackson's growth at the end of the season. And I don't want that to happen. I want a full chance to grow Jackson Dart to where at the end of the season when they're playing, he's a really good football player. So we'll see exactly how that goes. Also, I want to remind everybody, join our Discord server. Um, 
Links down in the description. If it's expired, which it can do, we, we make them expire because September 1st, it becomes a private message board. So we don't want to enter um, invites floating around. So going to the Discord, we have a basically a feed. It's like a chat room. You go in there, talk about Ole Miss football. You can actually thread post as well. That's pretty cool indeed. And we also have like the Ole Miss Twitter feed that's in there. It's a nice one-stop shop for Ole Miss fans. And once football season happens, it'll be a really good private message board for fans that genuinely want to enjoy what they're seeing. We've got like 10 mods on there too. So don't think just because I'm gone that you can get away with something. So have fun with that. Enjoy that and have an excellent weekend. We're going to do our best to talk about Ole Miss football, have fun, have conversation points that you want to talk about. Um, but if they have open scrimmages and we have the opportunity to talk to people that were there, we're going to do that as well. So we'll see. Once we come back, we will be in college football game week with week zero that weekend. Odds, the whole nine yards. I am super excited. You should be too. This has been the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. Hotty toddy.